You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. I don't know, I just, I can't quit talking about it. I'm just, I'm so thrilled with all that this church is doing. Thank you, thank you for your giving, your investment in what's going on here. Uh, Christian Ministries Academy uh, started today, and in the day and time we're in, in what is being taught in so many of our educational institutions, our children have got to grow up. They've got to learn to read and write. They've got to learn to decipher. I mean, they've got to learn history. There's things they have to learn to make it in this life, but they don't have to go and, and deal with all that they're having to deal with. And, and to think that our first day of school started today, we kept our high school kids over there, fed them supper. They hadn't gone home yet. They've been in a, a retreat, getting their minds, getting their hearts right for this year. And now uh, Lucas is not here tonight. He's over there right now with our high school students leading worship. Josh is over there ministering to each one of those high school young people. That's the way you start an academic year off. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making it happen for us. Thank you for making that happen. Well, I'm, uh, I'm really excited about this fall series that we are, that we're in. We're talking about managing our life and, and this is going to carry us on through these next several, uh, months. We, we've got a lot to talk about. Managing our life is as essential as it gets. Turn to Genesis chapter one. In this lesson, I want to look at the vital importance It's just as essential as it gets that we learn to manage our tongue, that we get control of our mouths. Uh, It's incredible what comes out of our mouth, and we've got to get control of our mouths. Um, As Josh and Paul and I are dividing up all of these topics, and okay, you're going to teach this, you're going to teach this. I wish when my lot fell for me to talk about my mouth, I wish one of these other two were talking about it. Not me. This is probably not the lesson I need to be talking about. My mouth gets... I shouldn't have said that. I I shouldn't have said that. Probably none of you can relate to that, but maybe some can. We're going to have to get a hold of our mouths. We're talking about managing our life. And if you look up the word management in the dictionary, it gives us the definition of to exert control over. To exert control over your mouth. It's amazing how life will change for us if you get control of your mouth. In this emotional-driven society that we are living in today... Our tongue just can't be out of control. And it can't be emotional driven. Let's get started. Let's look at what the Bible says to us. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let us make human beings in our likeness after our likeness. Okay, well, we've got to ask, what's God like? We're made in that likeness. What's God like? Okay, the first thing we see, the very first thing that we see about God is the fact that words have creative power. All right, go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Then God said, said, look at that word said. Then God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. 
verse 6, then God said. Verse 9, then God said. Verse 11, then God said. Verse 14, then God said. I want everybody to look at verse 31. God saw. Okay, what did God saw? God saw what he had said. Now, we, we've got to see, this is vital that we see this. We're created in that image. What are you seeing in your life? You are seeing the consequences, the results, the effects of what you have been saying. And we're going to have to get a hold of this. I don't know any way to do, but just dive into this. God's words have creative power. And we are created in that image. For those of you who do not believe this, I just simply tomorrow want you to walk in the door of your house and you say to your wife, Hey, woman, get that supper on the table. And see if you don't find that words have creative power. Just try that out tomorrow and call me and tell me how that worked for you. Here's what I'm telling you. Words create. And they create right now. They, words create. It sets in motion things that happen. And you are creating the world that you live in by the words that are coming out of your mouth. Words create anger. Words create calm. Words create fear. Words create fear. I tell you to close your eyes and I start telling you a ghost story and I have everybody here in fear. Let me see. Words create emotions. Say, just say to somebody, I appreciate you. And stare at them in the eyes, stare at them in the face and say, I appreciate you and watch what happens. Watch what, watch what happens in their eyes. Just say, I love you. Just say, oh, you look pretty today. Well, that outfit you have on looks good. Oh, your hair looks good today. Just brag on somebody. Walk, just walk up to somebody and say, I hate the day I met you. I'm telling you, words have a creative, powerful effect, and we underestimate what's happening by the words that are just spewing out of our mouth. See, we're creating an atmosphere in our home that we live in. We're creating that in the workplace with coworkers. We're creating an atmosphere on vacation. We're creating it. Terry and I, on vacation, we just sit there and marvel at people fussing and fighting. And are, here you are, you're paying for a hotel, you're paying for entertainment, you're out to eat and you're fighting. Are you kidding me? Yet your words create an atmosphere. I, I try to, I, and I'm trying to remind myself. I want to tell my wife, you look pretty today. Your hair looks good today. Oh, your makeup looks good today. That outfit looks sharp on you. What I'm doing is creating an atmosphere that I want to live in. You're creating an atmosphere that you want to live in. I hate you. I want a divorce. I'm sick and tired of marrying you. 
all, what are you doing with all of that that's spewing out of your mouth and you're wondering why your home and your marriage is not a fun place to be? You're wondering why no one wants to be at home. You're wondering why your kids don't want to be at home. You're wondering why your children want to stay. It's, are you hearing this? Your words are creating an atmosphere. This is why, and we're going to look at a lot of scripture here. Matthew twelve thirty six. Jesus said, and I tell you this, you will, you will give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. You might want to write that down on your hand and not wash it off for a while. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. It tells us to get rid of slander and dirty language. Get rid of it. Stop slandering in your home the people that live in your home, your family members, and stop slandering the people you work with when you come home to your family. You can't let slander come out of your mouth and think we're going to have happy peaceful and enjoyable evening. Ephesians 4.31, it tells us to get rid of harsh words. Many parents talk too harshly to their children. You talk way too harshly to that little child. That was too harsh. You were too harsh with your words. Now, I'm all about discipline. I'm all about teaching. I'm all about training. I mean, I'm not checking up on discipline but you don't use harsh words. There are words that you don't ever let come out of your mouth. I don't care how mad you are. I don't care how upset you are at your husband, at your wife, at your coworker, at your neighbor, at your friend. You, you, there are words that you don't say. You don't let those words out of your mouth because they create and you can't reel that back in. And all of creation... There's nothing else that's created in the image of God, only human beings. Now, have you ever thought about that fact? Nothing else on this planet has a language of spoken words. You say, well, a dog barks. Well, a cow moves. Well, yes, they can bark and they can move. I, seriously. Nothing has the broad language, the vocabulary that humans do. N nothing, not anything has. That's, we are the ones that are created in God's image. And there is a vocabulary that allows us to create with. And there is creative power in the words that you speak. God said, let there be light. And light was. He got exactly what he had said. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God did not think it in his heart. Well, I, I, Tim, I don't have to go around saying it. I have it in my heart. God didn't have light in his heart. When we saw light, we saw it as a result of words that were spoken, not in his heart. God said, let there be light. God didn't have light in his heart. He said it. Well, Tim, I don't think you have to say it. I just have things in my heart. That's not how things are created. I had our house in my heart since I was six years old of one day having a house up on that very hill 
on our ranch. But it was not until I said, we're going to build this house. I called the lumber yard and I said, deliver us a framing package. I had it in my heart for years and years and years, but it wasn't until I said it that we have a house that we live in where I wanted to live. You create your life with the words that you're saying. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. Verse 21. The tongue can bring either death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Church, there are consequences to the words that are coming out of your mouth. And I, I'm, I'm going to say this and drag this point out for the next however long it takes. I'm just going over and over and over this. Because we got to get this. You are reaping consequences of the words you say. Now, what are those consequences? That's not a negative thing. That's a positive thing. I'm reaping consequences of words that I've said. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I'm happy. Say, you're reaping the consequences of the words that you say. Now, what consequences are you reaping in your life right now? Proverbs 18, wise words satisfy. Wise words will bring a satisfaction to you. It's like eating a good meal. The tongue brings death or it brings life. The tongue brings death or life and you reap the consequences of that tongue. Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. You won't believe how your life would change if you'd just be quiet. You talk way, way, way too much. You, you need to just sit in quiet and in silence for a little bit. Keep your... Here's the deal. We've got to mature to a place that we can say to ourselves, I'm emotional right now and I don't need to say anything. You need to be able to say that. You know what? I'm just not going to say a thing because I'm emotional right now and what's going to come out of my mouth probably will be the wrong thing. I hadn't thought that through long enough to speak on it. You, don't, don't just come out with a quick... Hold on. Think that all... Terry was just talking to me about this today. People don't think things all the way through. Wait a minute. Let's think what was said all the way through before you come out with a response because... That response you came out with is not the response you would have come out with had you thought about that a day or two. I, I, I haven't thought this all the way through. Let me think that all the way through. Right now, I need to keep my mouth shut. I need to keep my mouth shut. And with my staff, all the time, they're wanting to do something, they're wanting to change something, they're wanting to put it, and I just don't say anything. Let's think about that. I'm not going to come out with something and then regret what I said. Let's think that all the way through, and then we'll discuss this in a week from now. It's called managing your tongue. And we've got to learn to do this. Our life bears the consequences of saying things that should have never been said. Now, let me just... Add this in because this is where we are living today. 
I continue to say over and over and over, and many just are not hearing it, if you just have to post, you're just addicted, and you can't kick it, and you just are addicted, and you have to respond, you have to post, you have to say something, the best thing for you to do is just post a scripture and leave it at that. That, That's just the best thing for you to do. That, that's just the be- Because here's what I'm telling you. For you to post one or two or three sentences, for you to post a short paragraph and it be understood, you can write this down. It's not going to be. It's not going to be because there is no context for that sentence in a conversation. Now, there are four of us and we've been out to eat. And we've been sitting at a table and we've been talking for an hour and a half. There's conversation, there's dialogue, and the sentences tie in to the last 15 minutes of conversation and they lead in to the next 15 minutes of conversation. There is a context to those one or two or three sentences when you are visiting with somebody else for an extended period of time. But if you take any one or two of those sentences out of our conversation and post them on their own, they will be misunderstood 100% of the time. Because the context of we understood perfectly, we had a wonderful evening, the four of us talked for an hour and a half, and we left hugging, and it was just a great evening. Nobody was offended. Nobody was hurt. Nobody misunderstood anything because we talked in a context. But I'm telling you, you take any one or two sentences out of that hour and a half and try to put them over here where somebody has not been with you, here's what I'm telling you. A hundred percent of the time, somebody will read into that something that you didn't mean. And I hear it daily. People who posted something and they caught flack by it and they come to me and say, Tim, that's not what I meant. You don't understand that your words create. Your words create. And I don't want to leave my words out there for somebody else to ascribe meaning to. I don't post. I'm not ever going to post, so you don't need to look for a post from me. Here's what I am. Y'all know, it takes me 30 minutes to communicate one point. And y'all have to sit there while I just go over and over this one point, week in and week out. I'm sure not going to try it in one sentence. Talk to me for 30 minutes and we'll be good. One sentence, you're not going to know what I... I have enough people mad and offended at what I say and it took me 30 minutes to say it. I'm sure not going to leave you up to your own imagination with what I meant with one sentence. Words create. Words create. Did I say that? Words. We got to move on. Mark 4. Mark 4, verse 35. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus thought in his heart to his disciples... Let's cross to the other side of the lake. You got a different translation. If he's going to the other side of the lake, what did he do? He said. He said to his disciples, 
Let's go to the other side of the lake. Your words create. What did he create? He created them getting in a boat and going to the other side of the lake. See, your words create. So they took Jesus in the boat, started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he thought in his heart. No, no, what did he do? He said to the waves, be still. And a calm came. All right, that word rebuke, Jesus rebuked. If you look that word up in the Greek, it comes from two words. E-T-I, which means to superimpose. The other word, T-I-M-A-O, means to fix an evaluation. That's what that Greek word means, rebuke. It means to superimpose or to fix an evaluation. And this is what we're to do in our life. We superimpose peace over a storm in your home. See you, super, see, you fix an evaluation to... See, storm is raging in your home, at your work, at your... See, you're in a crisis. Storm is raging. Peace, be still. See, I'm going to superimpose the spirit of peace in this unpeaceful situation. Romans 4.17 says, Abraham called those things that are not... As though they were. Now, there is no peace right here. The waves are crashing. I got that. Peace is mine. I walk in peace. I live in peace. Peace belongs to me. I live in peace. My heart is full of peace. My life is full of peace. My mind is full of peace. Peace is a, is a provision that Jesus gives me, and I walk in peace. What am I doing? I'm superimposing. I'm fixing an evaluation of peace over a storm, and you watch that create a calm over those waves in your life. I say it. Blessings are mine. I'm favored. I'm favored. I talk to people all the time. I'm favored. I live favored. I'm blessed. How are you? Favored. God likes me. He just does. God likes me. I'm favored. I'm blessed. Watch what that creates in you and watch what it creates in your life just watch it well I can tell you right now nothing good ever happens for me you can just write that down nothing good ever happens for me I never win anything I never get anything I never get the benefit of the doubt here I'm telling you I'm first one laid off all the time watch the when when those are the words and y'all know people none of y'all you know people that talk like that. Come on, you know people, you're around people that talk like that all the time. They just, they talk. Watch what that creates for their life. You'll never hear somebody constantly talking about how bad life is for them that has a good life. I mean, just 100% of the time. People over the years have had a very hard time with positive confession teachings. They've had a hard time with that. I'm just a realist, and I refuse to say that I'm well when I'm sick. I'm sick, I'm sick, 
I'm getting sicker. Probably end up in the hospital. I mean, you know, that's just the way it goes. I get a sinus infection. It always turns into pneumonia. It gets in your lungs. Um, and, I'll, and I end up with pneumonia all the time. That's just where it'll, I, it always ends up. And, you know, I'll just be dang lucky if I don't end up in the hospital. Listen to people talk. Or, or you listen to somebody, I'm well, I'm feeling better. Yeah, I'm, I'm running a little fever right now, but, you know, it's not that bad, and I'm feeling better. I, I think by tomorrow I'll have this thing whipped. Uh, by man, by tomorrow I'm going to be a lot better. I'm getting my strength back. I'm, I'm going to be okay soon. There is no arguing with the medical research studies that show patients with a positive attitude over patients with a negative attitude and watch their recovery rate. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. You don't have to argue with me about this. Look at medical studies and see those people that talk about probably going to die and those that are saying, I'm going to get out of here soon and I'm feeling better. I'm telling you, it creates. Words have creative power. And this is easy for me to see this. I walk out in the pasture and I don't see my horse. I don't say, well, I don't see my horse. I guess I don't have a horse because I don't see him. I'm not going to stand here and say I have a horse when I don't see a horse. How foolish. What do I do? First of all, I know that I have a horse. I know I have a horse, so what do I do? I call him until he comes. I know that I got peace. I know that I've got joy. I don't see it right now, but I'm not going to say, well, I'm sure miserable now. I tell you, it's terrible. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to call the joy that I have until it comes to me. Come on, we've got to get control of our tongue. And I have got to hurry. Mark chapter 11. If Josh was preaching, he'd say, y'all are slowing me up. Mark 11, verse 12. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. There were only leaves because it was too early for the season of fruit. Then Jesus just kept it in his heart. No, what did he do? He said to the tree. He, well, he's done gone nuts talking to trees now. What's he doing? He's superimposing. He's fixing evaluation. I'm calling things that are not as though they were. See, Jesus said to that tree, May no one ever eat of your fruit again. Verse 20. Next morning as they passed by the fig tree, he cursed the disciples, noticed it, withered up from the roots. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day, saying, Look, Rabbi, fig tree you've cursed, withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you, the truth, you can say to this mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Jesus is not teaching us how to be in the excavating business without using backhoes and trackhoes. What is he talking about? He's talking about the mountains in your life. The mountains in your life, you speak to those mountains, and you say, you go get in the sea. You get out of here. You, get that, you speak to the mountains in your life. You call those things that are not as though they were. And you call success to your life or you call failure. You call health to your life or you call sickness. You call peace or you're calling worry. It's fall. 
The weather's changing. You know, it's hot one day, it's cold the next day. And I can tell you right now, I'll be sick. I get sick every year this time of year. Oh, I get deathly ill. every time. This season, I get every year. Just write it down, I'll be sick. Come on, church, we got to manage our tongues and stop talking like that. Just quickly, are you by nature a negative person? Maybe you don't know it. Ask the person next to you and they tell you. You really need to watch your mouth. You really need to listen to what you just habitually say. Matthew 12, 36, you will give an account of every idle word you speak. Oh, I tell you, that just kills me. Oh, that just tickled me to death. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm dead tired. Come on. What are the idle words that just come out of your mouth? Did that just tickle you to death? Come on. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. A little bump. Oh, my gosh, I bet that's cancer. Let's just go with a mosquito bite for now, all right? Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know. I want you to live your life knowing. Proverbs 18:21. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your mouth and you'll stay out of trouble. Church, it is essential that we manage our tongue. Y'all stand. Lord, we're, just, we're grabbing a hold and exerting control over our out-of-control mouth. Lord, we are calling forth health. We're calling wellness. We're calling peace. We're calling joy. We're calling success. We're calling prosperity. Lord, all the blessings in Scripture that we read that you have given us, we're calling those to us. I know I have them. I know they're out there. I don't see them right now, but I know they're there, and I'm going to call them until they come and manifest themselves in my life. Lord, help us as we roll up our sleeves and get control of our tongue. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all. Have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.